So that was not the typical team tune for the Adventure Games podcast, which I'm sure many of you uh, would have known. Most of you probably would have recognized the music, which is, of course, the end credits and the main theme tune for Gabriel Knight 1, Sins of the Father. And this was taken from the 25th anniversary edition as well. And uh, speaking of the music for Gabriel Knight 1, Sins of the Father, I spoke to the composer of the music, Robert Holmes. Yes, that Robert Holmes. And that music was also played with kind permission from the man himself. Uh, he very kindly agreed to speak to me about his time at Sierra, a little bit about his career and his work process and how he composed the music. And he also is currently running a Kickstarter at the time of recording. If you are listening to this episode uh, at the well, at the end of December 2021, you still have time to back his Kickstarter. It has been successfully funded, but he has uh, he has some stretch goals which are really exciting, which he talks about. So it's still time to uh, check it out, to pledge. If you listen to this afterwards, you can still uh, support him. I'm sure you can still listen to the music and you can still help out. Uh, links will be in the show notes. We will be, I will be playing some more of uh, the music that uh, Robert Holmes has, has composed um, at the end of this episode. Uh, he also gives some, shall we say, intriguing insights and some maybe possible developments maybe uh, about what might be in store in future uh spoiler nothing specific but uh, it's intriguing nonetheless so um without further ado here is my interview with the legend the man himself robert holmes please enjoy so thank you for joining for another episode of the adventure games podcast and today i am well, delighted and honoured to be joined by music composer Robert Holmes. Hello, Robert. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you for, for joining me and for agreeing to speak to me. I mean, I, I've just been telling you the last half an hour before we started recording how much of a fan I am of yours. So <laughs> I, I think I've gotten the fanboy out of the system, uh, although I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> um, but no, I'm delighted to be speaking to be speaking with you. Um, I, I wish that either I was over there or you were over here in Ireland, but you know, we're, it's still nice to be speaking to you over Zoom. Well, I wish I was over there too. I'd, I'd love to see more of your country and hopefully that'll happen at some point. Yes, no, hopefully uh, it can be more possible to, to travel in the not too distant future because uh, I've, I'd lo- I loved the US when I was over there. And, uh, and yeah, it'd be great to, to see you guys in person, but it's great to see you now on Zoom. So uh, thank you again for, uh, for agreeing to speak to me. Now we are going to speak, uh, you have a Kickstarter at the time of recording and hopefully when this episode goes out um, called Sequel, and we will be talking about that more. Well, you'll be talking about that more. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure many people will be uh, really, really interested to know more about it so before we start talking about that um i just wanted to, to just ask you for i'm sure many people know who you are who listen to this podcast but just to remind everyone if you wouldn't mind uh giving us a brief introduction about of yourself and sure let, let us know what exactly you worked on i believe you worked on a few games and a few <laughs> uh, yeah um you know i i'm a musician composer and uh i spent a lot of years and I'm probably best known for my years at Sierra Online, uh, where I worked on several games, um, probably the most notable of the Gabriel Knight series. 
and uh, all three of those games. And then, of course, uh, another game, Gray Matter after Sierra, uh, as well as uh, Mobius and the Gabriel Knight anniversaries. And um, also, uh, folks might know uh, the band that I've done for several years, the Scarlet Furies, which I did with my daughter, Raleigh. So those are, musically, those are kind of my activities. Uh, most folks are familiar that uh, uh, most of my work I've done with my wife, uh, the very talented Jane Jensen, and uh, I've been fortunate to, to partner on a lot of great projects. Yeah, but I believe I've heard of her. <laughs> 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 yes, you, you, were, you both worked on a, well, a very small game, as you mentioned, Gabriel Knight, Grey Matter, Bolivius. <laughs> 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 uh, no, well, as, I mean, as we were talking before we recorded, as well as those games being really good games, you know, well-written and all, one of the things that really sets those games apart is the music. And the Scarlet Furies as well, I've heard a few songs, and again, they are fantastic. And your daughter, Raleigh, she's an amazing voice. Well, thank uh, you. It's uh, thank you. it's really nice. And okay, I said I'm going to stop fanboying. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I like to call Raleigh my best production. You know, she, yeah, <laughs> she she's a much better singer than I ever was, and uh, you know, just a great actress and a great mm. person, and just uh, really proud of her. Yeah. No. I, I'm, as if, you know, you, as I'm sure you really should be with uh, someone as talented and um, and it's seeming as, as nice as, as that as well. But um, so you mentioned that to uh, people probably know you best, at least on this podcast from your time at Sierra. Uh, I was wondering <laughs> if you could let us know, uh, do you recall when you first joined Sierra um, and how how you came about joining Sierra at the time? You know, was it the big company that it became or was it still starting? Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, you know, the funny thing is I had never played a, a computer game before I started at Sierra. I didn't even know what they were. Um, I had been working in Hollywood for many years doing film post-production and, and rock and roll production, uh, you know, a lot of records and touring and stuff. And uh, my wife at the time got hired by Sierra as a creative director. So we moved to this little town outside of Yosemite. And, you know, I suddenly found myself kind of looking for something to do. Um, so she made an introduction for me with Mark Siebert. Uh, and we said we had lunch and talked about music and things that I had done. And um, Mark graciously, you know, offered me a slot in the music department. And uh, I, I started. Uh, you know, at, at that time, I think Sierra had a couple of hundred people. They, you know, they were well on their way. Um, and I, I was just really fortunate to work with some of the other, you know, great composers in that department who sort of gave me the ropes. And, and uh, before I knew it, I was doing scores for computer games. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I've always found it interesting that Sierra had job openings just for you know not to prefer composers because i think that shows how far ahead they were of their you know their time that they took music seriously uh in video true. games that's true um at least from what i can see from the outside because i i mean from what i could see a lot of games were like oh the music would be like little beeps and bops but sierra you know that's it they hired you and 
as you said, other music composers. Um, and now I was wondering if you, because this was your first time composing music for video games, and you said mm -hmm. that you were you hadn't played video games yourself. Were there any? Did you find many differences between doing music for video games and movies, or were there more similarities than that you thought? Well, I think in the way I approached it, there were probably more similarities because I, you know my education was in film scoring, and so I was highly influenced by a lot of the sort of historical early film composers, a lot of the European guys who came over and did all of the classic films. When we think about films, you know, from the 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, and that I tried to approach the music for the games in that same way, which is, you know, if you listen to our games, I, I tend to do very memorable emotional themes um, and things what I'm really hoping to do is is have somebody come away from that game whistling one of those themes, you know, or humming it, or or just having a, a specific attachment with that that piece of music. So um, I think, and and if you talk to other composers from Sierra, those guys were much more sort of tech driven in terms of MIDI and its relationship to the games. Whereas I was kind of trying to shoehorn a film approach into a game. Well, I think it, uh, I mean, it certainly worked in your case. And again, they, they were really good as well, but I think- Absolutely. With uh, Gabriel Knight, what I remember from the Gabriel Knight game, as I've told you for recording, Gabriel Knight was the first, well, trilogy, first Sierra games that I ever played. Um, and I played the other Sierra games later on as an adult, but the, mm -hmm. the music in the Gabriel Knight games is very cinematic. Um, it, it does feel like, you know, a big movie as well with the team two, which I just sometimes I put on repeat and I start humming to myself. Uh, <laughs> I won't do it now because as I, again, told you, I don't have a musical <laughs> note in my body, but it is very catchy. It seems very appropriate as well for the, um, uh, you know, very you know, dramatic then as well. Um, I suppose, what, how did you go about working with the developers or in your case with, with Jane? Um, so do, do you work closely with, uh, with the developers in the game to get uh, each note right? Or did, you, did, did Jane tell you, okay, I want you to do like a, a moody team and you go off on your own and come back. So how did you work together? Yeah. It well, on, on the first game, it was really interesting because I was actually the producer of the game as well. So I had dual duty. Um, and the producer in the Sierra culture was very much like a film producer. You know, you had responsibility for the budget and the schedule and the team and the, kind of the whole thing. So I would spend half my day being the producer. And then I'd spend my afternoons, I'd, I had a keyboard behind my desk and I would turn around and I'd try and write music all afternoon. So it was a great kind of schizophrenic use <laughs> of both sides of my brain. But uh, I guess to further answer your question, you know, Jane, um, by that time we were very close friends and she and I had been working with her as she developed the concept of GK we spent a lot of time, you know, talking about what it could be, what the characters would be like, how how it would look, how it would sound. So by the time we got into development, she really gave me a pretty free range. Basically, you know, just said, look, you know, you know the story, you know what we're going for. 
you know, write me the the kind of music you write, and uh, and it worked really well. No, so, so she didn't pass you notes then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, occasionally, you know, I I would take her out to lunch or something, and I'd I'd make her listen to something, you know, and, and see how she felt about it. But in general, she was, you know, just really open to whatever I felt was was working. Yeah, well, again, it seems to have uh, have worked. And then uh, with terms of uh, equipment that you use, now, as I said, I mm-hmm. don't know really anything about, you know, the musical instruments writing. I'm not going to pretend I know. But did you find any differences? So when you worked in for films and then you went to Sierra, uh, did you have similar equipment to compose the music or did you have to adapt in any way uh, to compose the music? Yeah, it was very different. Um, you know, I had come from kind of very high-end record production in LA, uh, where you know you could basically use any instrument and any band and any kind of musician you wanted, and you did everything sort of out in the real world. At Sierra, you know, the the technical constraints were very defined, mm. and especially in the early days, you know, most of the music was done on. Roland MT-32, which was very limited. And about halfway through Gabriel 1, Sierra, we all switched to the Roland Sound Canvas, which was much better, but was still kind of a limited sound set and, and specific synthesis. Um, so it, it was a real challenge. But actually, you know, I think I've said this before, I think it actually made me better because I find as a creative, if you're put in a very defined box, it tends to really help you be more creative uh, because you have to be, you know, you have to work smarter and and everything has to count. And that was definitely the case with GK. Yeah, no, from what I've heard as well, like if you have like, um, you know, you can probably see from maybe Hollywood blockbusters, um, some of them like, oh yeah, we have the money to do this. So, mm-hmm. and then with other, you know, movies, you think, oh, wow, this is actually more creative, more <laughs> to kind of work more limitations. So I, I think I can understand from that point of view. Uh, yeah. And, and I think, you know, GK1 was obviously still MIDI based music. Yeah. Um, so it was very limited. By the time we got to GK2, I could record anything I wanted to record in terms of digital audio. And I, I basically did all of that music in my home studio. And so it was much freer from that point on. Right. So there were advancements made then as yep. time wore on and you, you were able to for when you, after Sierra, when you worked on Grey Matter and Moebius, um, I know Moebius um, after the Kickstarter, which you did back then, which mm-hmm. was successful. Um, how was it then compared to working in Sierra, uh, doing the music for those games? And uh, was <laughs> It was, it was uh, you know, actually very similar, though, okay. you know, I, I did most of the work in my in my own studio. But for instance, GK3, because I, I was already working, uh, and actually in GK2, I was already working for another company as a producer, and I was working with the musician Sting at that time, so I was traveling a lot. Um, so that meant I had to partner with some of the internal composers like uh, Jay Usher or David Henry. And so what I would do is I, 
on GK3, I, I developed all of the core themes and then I would give those to the in-house guys and they would extend them as needed. Um, so it was a little different in that it was not just me at that point. Okay, so you had, did you have a, a team then by the time you got to GK3 and that, did you have anybody, you know, other yeah. musicians then? Yeah, that, you know, in GK3 specifically, um, you know, I partnered a lot with David Henry, who was a great, uh, you know, Sierra composer. And, um, you know, it was great because he was very respectful and, and open to what I wanted to do musically. And, you know, he, he the things he did were appropriate uses of my themes and, and other okay. work that he did. Oh, that, that's good. It sounds like a very collaborative it was it was yeah and and again you know with sierra projects uh you know was everybody was always just focused on how do we make this game better you know mm. what can we do and and how can we help yeah no that's what it, it sounds you know felt like and as i uh well as we mentioned as well at the time sierra was always you know at the top of innovation and you know technology mm -hmm. as well um, so no, it's, it's great to hear. And then actually I have another question as well about, uh, music, something that I find interesting as well, but music in game versus music, say in, in film, in that in games, one of the criticisms of music in general is that it can be repetitive and, yep. you know, and I'm sure it must be very difficult as a composer to try and have, write, you know, I'm sure, uh, nice tune that you can hum to, but, you know, knowing that people are probably going to hear this on repeat. So if you go to one room, it's a certain tune. Yeah, and then if yeah. you go, that's if you're lucky, because some games that I've played that are very independent, you might have one or two tunes <laughs> throughout the entire <laughs> game. So does this come into your mind when you're composing music for video games that you've made? Do you, do, are you thinking, okay, people are going to hear this music on rotation, on repeat in games, so I better make it, you know, as good as possible does that come into your mind and how do you i yeah i or... think it does I, especially in the early days you know we, mm. we knew we were going to subject people to that dynamic occasionally um and it again I, I i think it actually made me better because it meant you know you have to make sure everything is relatively pleasant <laughs> to listen to because people are going to hear it over and over and over and you know admittedly there are a couple of times where i probably cross the line you know i i think about uh in gk1 there's you know the the police station where i actually have a whistle sound effect <laughs> in the song and i think all oh, those poor people must be so sick of hearing the whistle you know but um but yeah in general you know, it, it was definitely something we were aware of. And sometimes musically, I was willing to just say, well, you know, I'm going to do what, what I want to hear. Mm. Uh, and hopefully people won't get too sick of it. No, I, I don't think so, because I still, you know, have to choose the, you mentioned the police station, GK1, and then in the, in the bookshop in yeah. GK1. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a really nice team as well. It's... Uh... Um, oh, thank you, know, you. I'm I, I hummed that as well. Oh, and and then it goes <laughs> more dramatic. So yeah, and um, and then before we mention your your current Kickstarter, then um, mm -hmm. were you? It was Prosa, What made you want to become a music composer uh, to begin with? Uh, was there any 
inspirations or did anybody or anything or any you mentioned 30s and 40s movies but did any movie or any composer inspire you to become a composer or oh boy so many um you know <laughs> always always really loved um the composer max steiner who did a lot of classic films like mm. you know gone with the wind and and key largo um if you know uh, also, guys like uh, Elmer Bernstein, and I mean, there are many, 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 you know, those sort of old school European based composers mm. who what they did is they brought the richness of all of that classical history into doing music. So it was much more emotional and, and had a much higher quality. And I, I, um, I was always sort of in my early career, you know, I was a, a rock and pop musician. And, um, so it was a kind of not as trained and, and uh, you know, broadly as uh, classical composers. So I had a lot of admiration for guys who were that, you know, technical and that, uh, that kind of composer. And I just always wanted to try and reach for that kind of that value in the music. And, and they were really inspiring to me. Okay, yeah. No, it's, um, it's uh, you know, you, you mentioned some of them because I, for me, my, probably my favorite composer, you know, film composers are, I think I'm going to get his name wrong, but the composer who did the music for Psycho and who worked with Hitchcock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, classic. And then, of course, John Williams. And John then, Williams. And then Hans John Zimmer Barry. today. Yes. Hans Zimmer, yeah. John Barry was a big favorite of mm. mine because his stuff was very simple yet emotional. Mm. Uh, you know, if you think about uh, the theme uh, or the film Somewhere in Time, uh, mm. another one of my sort of favorite marriages between film and music. Yeah, no, def definitely, because um, I remember, well, speaking, we spoke with Da Vinci Codes um, before, mm -hmm. uh, before recording, but the, in the movie, director Ron Howard mentioned how he worked with Hans Zimmer, and he oh, said yeah. that yeah. Uh, for him, the music is another character in, exactly. in the movie uh so yeah it, and and that's that's really something jane and i were aware of in the games is you know we wanted the music to sort of as you said be another character to be another leg on the table uh, about that helped define the personality of these games uh, you know there are great great other sierra composers who did amazing work with other games and we we I, I wanted to just slightly do something different. Um, somebody I, I saw online once said it really in an interesting way. They said, you know, if, if you think about the music from the Gabriel games, if you heard that music just by itself, it would be good, but yeah, not it like is. amazing. <laughs> but when you hear the music in juxtaposition to those games and those stories, for some reason, just that juxtaposition makes it even better. Mm. So, um, it, yeah, it was just one of those happy accidents, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but that, that is true because you could listen to the music of what well, Gabriel Knight anyway without having played the games. I mean, of course, I would recommend people play the games. They are classics yeah. and they're some of my favorites. But, you could, you know, sometimes I listen to the, to the theme tunes and to the music um, and I'm not sure if I actually listened to the music of the first Gabriel Knight before I played the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, you know, it was interesting because um, a couple of years ago, 
I mean, one of the things I've been doing more recently is producing other artists and albums and, and uh, you know, was able to work with this wonderful piano player, Roger Hooper, uh, to do a piano album of some of my game themes. And it was it was really, you know, a, a great experience to sort of go back and revisit that music and have somebody as gifted as Roger, you know, take it to solo piano, because it actually just sort of heightened all the things that I think we appreciate about these scores, you know, the melodies and mm. the textures. And so it, it was a great experience. No, oh, that's that's great to hear. And have you have you and other Sierra composers, have you ever uh, spoken about maybe getting together sometime to compose music together? Because I think that would be uh, heaven for many people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of us are still in contact. And actually, at that's one point, good. We were, uh, back when, when Jane and I had our farm in PA, for a while we were all talking about trying to sort of do a specific weekend event with all the composers and maybe getting mm. one orchestra and having a big concert featuring all the different composers and of course, you know, filming it and all of that. And for various reasons, it just never happened, but I, I would still love to see it done. Yeah, that's oh, that's a shame. I mean, I'm guessing many people listening would be delighted, you know, would <laughs> love that as well. Um, but but yeah, um, now we can talk about your Kickstarter because, as we mentioned, sure. you have a Kickstarter yeah. uh, going on now. And um, so, well, I'll I'll leave it up to you to you know to yeah. talk about it. So then, what? Well, first of all, what is it called so people can find it, and what is it? What what are you offering in the Kickstarter? Yeah, so the Kickstarter is called Sequel, uh, S E Q U E L, uh, the music of of Robert Holmes, and it's the whole concept is, um, you know, as as we know, all know, it's it's kind of difficult to get expensive adventure games, you know, produced these days. And I just felt like, you know, I have more of this kind of Gabriel Knight style music that I want to write and produce. And I thought, well, you know, we, I can go ahead and do an album of that kind of music um, and call it sequel as if this, you know, were a sequel <laughs> game to Gabriel Knight. Um, and it kind of came about because Jane and I had moved from the East Coast to here on the West Coast in, in the States. And I was setting up my studio and I got some of the old uh, keyboards out that I hadn't used for years and years. And as soon as I started to play them, I was suddenly writing music that would be right at home in a Gabriel night. And I thought, you know, obviously there's more of this to do. Um, so we set up the Kickstarter. It's been great. The community has been you know, really helpful. We've got a great team of people helping. We're actually very close to the end now. The, the Kickstarter ends on December 31st, but we're pushing hard to try and reach some stretch goals uh, so that we can really make this album the best it can possibly be. But there's uh, you know, some very cool things that really encourage people to check it out because not a, not only of course the album and we're doing vinyl as well as digital uh, but there's also some great memorabilia some things available out of jane and i's personal collections um, that we would love to see you know get out there 
in new homes, uh, including, you know, even some of my instruments and things. So it, it's been very cool to, to uh, do the Kickstarter. Yeah, we, we should mention that it has succeeded. You have reached your goal. So that is, you know, first of all, a huge achievement by itself uh, because Kickstarters are very difficult, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, because <laughs> there's so many of them. Um, yep. But uh, but yeah, you've got some very interesting uh, stretch goals as well. So um, are there any stretch goals in particular that, uh, that you can talk about? Yeah, we... Um... We have some things happening specifically if we can reach certain levels of funding. Uh, there are things that we found in going through some of our storage. Uh, for instance, you know, one of them is the audition tape of Tim Curry and some of the other actors for GK1. Uh, so uh, if we reach a certain level uh, of, you know, of commitment and pledges, then we're going to give everybody a digital version of that audition tape. Uh, there's also a, a script uh, of Jane's for GK1, which was the original script where she has her notes in it. And, uh, you know, one of our other stretch rewards is a digital copy of that script. So there's a lot of things like that. Uh, there are Scarlet Furies instruments and, and memorabilia. Um, just a lot of fun stuff. Mm. So we, it's been great to see people, you know, uh, enjoying the, some of the rewards we're offering. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think the, the music on its own to get them produced to the best quality possible. I think that would be enough for a lot of people <laughs> on top of that with the, these extra things. Um, first of all, what, what gets me is that Tim Curry auditioned for Gabriel. Nassau. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when we first came up with the idea for Tim, um, nobody really thought it was a great idea because, <laughs> no, you know, nobody knew what he could do with it. Um, so we just wanted to confirm that he could really do that Southern approach. And of course, he, he totally blew it out. You know? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was really good in the first one and the third one then. And then, of course, you know, Mark Hamill, which... I, I loved yeah. how, sorry, we're getting slightly off topic, but I loved how Mark Hamill played something that was so, so different to yeah. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's, you know, like this overweight police officer that is just as far <laughs> removed from Luke Skywalker as possible. And he was great in the role. Like, I, I didn't even know it was him until I saw his name, which. And, you know, they were all a joy to work with, um, you know, working with Tim and Mark and Leah Remini. Mm. And Michael Dorn. I mean, that entire cast, you know, we, we just loved going to those recording sessions. And, and Tim was just a cracker. You know, when we <laughs> when we would have breaks, he and I would go outside and sing songs to each other because <laughs> he's he loves to sing. You know, it was hysterical. Um, but yeah, so we really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, this tape is amazing because it has several of the actors' auditions on it. Oh, does it? It has not just Tim Curry. No, it's also got, uh, I think, Leah and Michael Dorn. And I believe it has Mark Hamill also. Did but, he have to um, audition? <laughs> <laughs> Did he? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Back, <laughs> back then, you know, being in a computer game for uh, the acting world was this new hot mm. thing, you know. So... Uh, uh, I don't think we would have gotten those kind of stars 
any other time. You know, it just happened to be the the sweet time to get them. Yeah. But yeah, so, no, it's, uh, it's 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 great that they did the, you know they did the audition because I can just imagine you know, Mark Hamill saying, "Well, look, I did uh, I did a little yeah. movie called Star Wars." <laughs> right. <laughs> considering right. that, but yeah, it's right. uh, it's funny because you know you mentioned that it was a new thing, but then I find that afterwards, uh, maybe not so much now, but afterwards people kind of look down on video games. We did acting, I think, in video mm-hmm. games or maybe animation voice work back, maybe. 15, 20 yep. years ago, kind of looked at now, not so much, thankfully. People know how, you know, how much work it really is that it's. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, but, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun in doing this Kickstarter. You know, we've, we've reconnected with a lot of the community and people have been great at giving us, you know, feedback and, and passion about how they feel about the games. And that was another reason that I wanted to do this Kickstarter and why I encourage people to participate. Um, because, you know, from Jane and I's perspective, you know, we're not done. We have we have more creative stuff we'd like to do. And, and you know, that may be games. It may be something else. But, um, you know, it, it's just great to, to have the community express its interest and, and uh, support. Yeah, no, so... I mean, you mentioned as well, reconnect with the community because you did also um, a few years ago, another Kickstarter for Pinkerton Road. And then he went on to make, mm-hmm. uh, well, Moebius, Gabriel Knight's 25th anniversary. I believe it's the, the Lola. And Lola and Lucy. Lucy, yeah. Gabe, yeah. Um, so you've already done one Kickstarter. Did you bring anything that you learned from that Kickstarter to this Kickstarter or anything that worked well in that Kickstarter? in particular that you you thought okay yeah no we we know it worked well back then it got us funded so let's do that again (laughs) well you know we i mean we had a great experience with pinkerton road in terms of the kickstarter and we were again we were very fortunate you know it it funded uh, really well um i did sort of take forward um you know there were a lot of kickstarters in those early days who sort of gathered the money and never really delivered Mm. on what they had promised. And Jane and I, you know, have been always, you know, proud that we delivered the games we said we were going to deliver. We did them relatively within the time period we Mm. said we would, um, which I think was kind of rare at the time. Um, So I, I did sort of take forward that commitment that, you know, we're going to do this Kickstarter and this album in a way that we think will be really valuable for people, but will give people something great that they'll appreciate, you know, for the, the support and the money that they contribute. And we're going to, you know, communicate very actively and really, you know, try and give them opportunities to be a part of the entire process. And, um, you know, I, I, I plan to do that throughout the whole development of the album. Yeah, that's certainly what, uh, you know, what people who know you and, you know, fans of yours as well can see that when you did the previous Kickstarter, which was successful, and as you mentioned, you delivered three games, (laughs) 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 which which by itself is is a huge achievement. I don't know how you guys Uh, Yeah, I still have have the bruises and scars. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there are some sleepless nights and long working hours again. And, you know, I, I don't remember any real delays. On certainly on Moebius and uh, Gabriel Knight, uh, the 25th anniversary. So I, I don't know how you guys manage that, but 
Well, and, and you know, as, as you and I talked about, um, you know, we had to make compromises, obviously. Mm. And, you know, I, I see Mobius, and I know the community felt, you know, Mobius had some compromises. And But frankly, you know, to your point, we delivered three games on, on $450,000, <laughs> which, you know, was just frankly stupid because <laughs> we ended up putting a lot of our money into to actually finish them. But, uh, you know, we had to make compromises in order to do that, and we, we did the best we could do. And is that something maybe that for this Kickstarter campaign that maybe you've learned from that, um, okay, we delivered what we did, but, uh, you know, maybe if we do this Kickstarter, then we can, um, I don't know, is there, is there anything that you can you, you can do differently now to make sure that you're not so stressed? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I, I tried to give myself plenty of time next year. I really wanted this to be my major project for next year. So uh, the album actually will be delivering in September, uh, which will give a lot of great time mm. for, for the writing and production of the, of the music, um, as well as, you know, just opportunities to maybe do other things as, you know, that we can offer people. But, um, you know, it, it did, you know, give me a healthy respect for, you know, under promising and over delivering, mm. <laughs> which is always a good thing. And, well, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> trying to remember that. <laughs> so uh, you're not going to deliver three albums by. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Though we do, you know, one of the other cool things that we talked about doing and, and we hope to do, we're also running as a part of the Kickstarter a uh, covers contest. You know, there have been so many cool covers done out on YouTube of, of some of my music. And so we thought, you know, let's do a contest where people can do a cover of any song they want, whether it's my music or the Scarlet Furies, or, and they can do it in any style they want. They, and then they can, you know, submit that to us. We'll post them on our YouTube and stuff, and then we'll pick a, a winner from that contest and include their song on the album. And if we get enough, you know, great submissions, we might even have an additional album of covers, you know. Wow. Because um, people do amazing stuff. I'm just always so pleased to hear it. So uh, that's a big, big thing that we're doing as well. And, and we've already had some fun submissions. Yeah, so people have already submitted things, have they? They submitted covers yeah. of your music? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, so far we've had everything from... Uh, someone performing one of the songs on a cathedral organ in, you know, Europe wow. to, uh, to a really cool industrial kind of style piece. Um, you know, various, all kinds of styles of stuff, which is cool. That's, that's exactly what I want to see. Um, yeah. No, it's, so, I think it's a great way to get people involved. Yeah. Yeah, and and we want to give other musicians a chance to have their work heard. You know, that's I know what that struggle is like <laughs> to get your music out there. So hopefully, uh, this will be good for somebody. Yeah, no, that that's very you know generous of you guys as well because it's not just about you and your album, which you know it would be fine if it was because you know you don't <laughs> want to create this music, but also as you mentioned, you're giving other people a chance to um you know get their you know music shown and and be heard which and it, they could go on to become successful and you know famous as well which yeah so is... you know th 
that that contest runs till uh, March one in 2022. And, and you can find out more about that at robertholmesmusic.com. Um, and uh, you can also submit there on that website. Nice. And, uh, and then speaking about the stretch goal, so we mentioned that it's already successful. Um, how would it help you personally if you did meet the stretch goals and if you got, you know, more money? Because maybe you have a home <laughs> studio. Um, so how would it help you to deliver the best quality music then um, if, you know, the more yeah. money that the people yeah. pledge in the Kickstarter? As, as you know, uh, you know, technology tends to be very expensive. And uh, <laughs> so it, it, it can definitely have an impact on the kinds of upgrades that I can do to the studio to help the album, uh, to the kinds of, you know, mastering and, and other kinds of, of tools that we can get access to, or, uh, you know, mastering professionals and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's just like most things, the, the more you throw at it, Mm -hmm. uh, and the more money you have, the higher, you know, it, it definitely has an impact on quality. So, uh, yeah, it, it's very meaningful, the difference. Um, you know, we were very pleased to hit our core goal very quickly, but uh, it's also really important that we try and hit these stretch goals. Yeah, well, there's still some some time left, uh, and this might be a you know a, a stupid question, but how how exactly do do you work? You mentioned technology and composing. Do you have because you know my vision of you know composers is you know is the classical you know composers with an orchestra. Yeah. I'm sure it's not <laughs> like that. Um, but so so how how do you do you work then? Do you work with other musicians? Is it you yourself uh, with your home studio, or or just basically how do you work on creating this music? Yeah, um, you know, it varies a little bit. Um, the majority of the time, you know, I'm doing everything by myself. Um, I will, you know, usually write the music on piano or guitar. Um, I'm actually more of a guitarist than I am a pianist, but um, I can get by on piano. So, <laughs> sure you um, can. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it. I tend to just work very simply that way. And then once I have the, the body of the song developed, then I start to get into uh, my synthesizers and samplers. And of course, these days, virtual instruments. Um, and I, I like to use a mix of all of that um, so that I have real world instruments. I have synthesis and I also have things from the digital realm. Um, and um, you know, just kind of do done. what's appropriate for that song. Yeah. But then, you know, it can also vary, for instance, you know, with the Scarlet Furies, we all had grown up together. These were all amazing, you know, musicians. And um, so we spent months and months actually just playing, you know, for hours and hours together and writing uh, that music and, and perfecting it as a group. So that was a very different experience. Mm. And speaking of the Scarlet Furies, are there any plans on getting them involved or Rally involved uh, in this album, or is it just the music, just the music that you're creating? Well, I, I am, uh, you know, as we said in the description of the Kickstarter, that we want the, the spirit of this music to represent both Gabriel Knight uh, music and, you know, music from Grey Matter. 
So I am I am kind of hopeful that I can get Raleigh involved in in some of that. Uh, you know, I may, I may, <laughs> yeah, I may have to coerce her a bit, but, but uh, you know, it, it's hopefully that'll be the case. Oh well, here here's hoping. Um, now, now you mentioned that you call this a sequel, and that this so this is specifically music that would be you know would fit in in a game uh that, that you mentioned yeah um yeah so, so if it came about that you were making i don't know any game at all in the future i mean i i don't know how you know what your plans are yeah. say gabriel yeah. you know, well ideally gabriel knight 4 or great matter 2 or whatever game if you do choose to make a game uh could you then say oh look we have the music or right here fully ready to go or is that is that an option for any game in the future? Um, <laughs> it, you know, it could, it could be. Um, you know, the, the funny thing, you know, you talk about Grey Matter and Scarlet Furies. Uh, the majority of that music that was in Grey Matter was actually done prior to the game, oh. without without the game in mind, um, oh. and it just happened to fit really well in the game. So you know, you never know. Um, and and same thing with Gabriel Knight One. Some of those themes that I developed were actually things I had written years earlier, and I just sort of updated them and expanded them, um, because you know usually you're on such a short timeline, and somebody says, "Oh, you know, write me sixty themes." <laughs> so you, the first thing you think of is, you know, oh, do I have anything I can use, you know, already? Um, but yeah, so. You know, it is possible. I mean, you know, Jane and I uh, have tried to be very transparent in that, you know, we would love to do another Grey Matter. We would love to do another Gabriel Knight. Um, I, you know, Grey Matter might be more possible because we yeah. own the, the IP to that. Um, so, and, you know, stranger things have happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I never say never. You know? Well, that, that's good that you own the IP to Grey Matter, so you don't have the same that's issues right. with, with Gabriel Knight. So, then, yes, it's possible that you might just need to update music then if you did do, do a game or, or anything. And so, so, but at the moment, it's uh, you're making this, you're making a, an album. And you mentioned as well, uh, it's on vinyl and you're, is it also on CD as well? or yes so it'll it'll be digital cd and on vinyl okay and uh and if we you know if we're able to really reach sort of some of our top stretch uh goals you know we, we will also probably do some music video to go with it so oh okay so, so that's what and have have you done music videos a lot before um, I've done some, yeah. We uh, we recently did one. I have a great, you know, really talented pal, uh, George Napier, who is a, a great sound design guy and also a great video guy. And uh, we did a song that's actually very uh, Gabriel Knightish, called "A Song for Oberon," and uh, he did a great video for that. And people seem to really, you know, respond and, and appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, well, look here, it's hoping. Now, I'm just going through your Kickstarter, and uh, actually, I see that well, you speak about the process here. Um, you also spoke about, um, is it Guru Gavin Larson? Gavin Larson, yeah. Um, yeah, so I wonder he, if you could talk about the process then of how you create the music and how you work with him and who, who that person, who they are. 
Yeah, uh, Gavin, uh, you know, if you Google him, um, he he tends to win about seven to 12 Grammys a year. Uh, oh, is that all? <laughs> yeah, he, he has, uh, he's done mastering for just about every who's who. Uh, he did all the music for T-Bone Burnett. He does all of the, the movies. He does all of the major stars. Um, He's he's sort of the creme de la creme of, of mastering guys, and fortunately, when we did the uh, the first Scarlet Furies album, um, my friend Rusty Anderson, who I played with a lot in in growing up, who is Paul McCartney's guitarist, and he produced the first Scarlet Furies album. Wow! Uh, and he introduced me to Gavin, and Gavin mastered that. And so uh, he also has mastered other things I've produced, such as um, uh, the Brothers Four album Renewal, which we did a couple of years ago. Um, and he's he's just he's got this magic process and this magic gear, and you know you come in with with your music and and hand it over to him, and and it comes out entirely elevated and wonderful. Uh, so yeah, it's it's. Anytime I can possibly, you know, partner with him and, and take advantage of, of his services, it's it's definitely the pinnacle and, and the icing on the cake for a great sound of music. Well, um, did he work with you on anything specifically that people might know about? Um, well, again, the you know, the probably the specific stuff would be uh, the Scarlet Furies album, Dark mm. Lad Company. And also uh, the Brothers Four album Renewal, he worked uh, on and did that for us. Okay, uh, no, yeah. So it sounds like you, you know, it's, it can uh, you've great contacts anyway. For so he would then, so he's all he's agreed, has he? To he's already agreed to uh, to master. Yeah, he's 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 a great guy, and and uh, he's you know he's he's always been just very helpful and and. Uh, open to to working with me on my projects so uh, you know and, and something like this where uh you know obviously i want the quality to be the very best it can be uh you know i wouldn't i wouldn't do it anywhere else <laughs> no i'm 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 sure it uh it will be um now also you know i don't know how much you can say but uh you know speaking about your kickstarter and to reach a stretch goals and I know that uh, you, you mentioned there you and Jane would love to do uh, another Gabriel Knight, but you know we, we know some of the issues that you don't own the, the IP mm -hmm. rights to that. Um, but say if now this Kickstarter has already been successful, but say if this uh, you met all the stretch goals, became really really successful, if this flourished as um, you know hopefully it will. Uh, do you think it's I don't know if it's the right word to send a message or to maybe show people maybe at Activision or other people that look, people are interested in the music, still interested in this property. Do you think that might help or? I I, I think you're right. I, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this is to, okay. to continue to sort of gather that momentum and, and have, you know, both it, it's something you can point back to uh, when people are thinking about, you know, investing money to do a game or, or a project. Mm. And, and you could say, look, you know, there is a, a still a very passionate community who, you know, would really love to see these products. Um, 
And, you know, the thing with companies like that, Activision is, uh, you know, regimes change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and when they do, you know, positions on things can change. So you, you just never know. Um, and, you know, as I said, uh, you know, we would love to do a gray matter too. Um, mm. And we we're, you know, we're also thinking about other platforms where we might be able to get work, uh, Jane's work out there. Because she continues, you know, to write wonderful uh, work, and and uh, you know, would be great to have a place to share it. Yeah, have you? You know, you mentioned you mentioned Grey Matter. Um, I don't know if it's available on other platforms. Uh, so, do do you know how, or if it would be possible to get it maybe on Nintendo Switch or consoles again to get? You mentioned her work and your work uh, available you know, for more people. Yeah. You know, I don't know specifically. I'm sorry, but oh no, uh, don't worry. I'm just. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I do, I do know it is available on on some platforms still, and and mm. uh, you know, some people seem to be discovering it, which is very cool. No, that's that, that's very cool. Um, well, hopefully this this can help. And then uh, again, the last question I can ask about Gabriel Knight is I don't know again what you can answer, um, but uh, I. As I mentioned to you before, I spoke. There was a petition for Gabriel Knight Four, which I know you guys weren't uh, officially, I think, directly in mm-hmm. uh, part of. Um, I believe it got your blessing, as uh, what the uh, organizer yes. told me. Um, yeah. And I actually interviewed Sean Parker, who was one of the people who was working on it. Um, and as I mentioned to you, what I, what I liked about the petition was they weren't making any demands. They weren't demanding a new Gabriel Knight game. Yeah, all they yeah. wanted was. For, well, you and Jane to own the rights to the IP so you can decide what to do with it. Um, I don't know, have you heard anything else about it? Uh, or there's the... you know, it, it does surf, it still surfaces periodically, and um, you know, of course, that sort of ongoing discussion um, of how we could make it happen. Um, and I think I mentioned to you prior to starting, um, you know, there have been various points where mm. uh, Activision you know, was interested or or other people have been interested in making a movie or something. Um, so you just you just never know. Mm. Um, uh, so it's it's not out of the question. It, it would be much more complex to, yeah. to try and do a GK game in the current world than it would a gray matter game. But, um, you know, who knows? Well, I would be delighted um, with a gray matter, another gray matter game, or any game from you guys. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> but of course, <laughs> Gary Knight Four would be amazing, and it seems like we get some hope every so often that um, I know <laughs> Activision to release the new King's Quest games, and I was like, oh, maybe then they will release yeah, more Gabriel yeah. Knight and a game in twenty fifth anniversary. But well, like who knows? I mean, as long as you guys are happy with what you're doing as well i think that is uh, that is also important <laughs> well and and you know that's that's part of, of my motivation for the kickstarter is you know at the, at the end of the day and, and i think a lot of creative people feel this way the important thing is doing the work you know and, mm. and creating the the work that you want to create and you know i don't i don't want that to be a decision made you know by some corporation on Mm. I still have this music to to uh, create and and hopefully bring some pleasure uh, to people with. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, and it, and it's great that that technology now and and things you know give us the opportunity to do that kind of work. 
uh, you know, by ourselves. We don't necessarily have to, you know, partner with with uh, a corporate entity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can still feel true to yourselves, that you can still do what you enjoy doing, yeah. which I think is probably the most important thing that, you know, as much as I personally would love another Gabriel Knight or another adventure game from Jane and, you know, music by yourself. I would also want you guys to be happy to do it, not feel like you you have to do something or that you owe it because you guys don't owe us anything. You've already, uh, well, <laughs> well, in, you know, for, for me, um, in terms of, of, you know, being a, a musician, um, it, I was kind of raised to really value uh, trying to make a contribution and and trying to you know add positive energy to the world and so for me you know being able to get my music out there as a part of hopefully doing that is really mm-hmm. important and so rewarding you know it's so great to to have people give feedback and have the community uh, you know reflect appreciation for the music um and for me that you know that would be enough <laughs> uh, so it, so it's great well i think people oh. certainly do appreciate uh, your music <laughs> uh, um and uh, are you working on anything else are you doing anything else in the meantime uh are you working with anybody else or doing any other kind of music um uh, well yeah i am i am doing uh, some things i can't really talk about yet sure. with some <laughs> other uh some other artists that i'll, I'll be producing uh, and also Jane and I are in discussions on, on a few other things um, that are not necessarily games, but um, would be ways to uh, share uh, some of her fiction. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think it could be very cool. So we'll see, you know, what else develops next year. But again, I, I think this Kickstarter is, is a, a good way of sort of helping that momentum move forward. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's uh, it's funny when I was reading the Gabriel Knight books, I had some of the team songs in my head <laughs> that in the police station and in the bookshop <laughs> I mentioned, and then uh, at the park, you know, when the saints go marching in, and, <laughs> and in the second book as well. So it has had an effect. Well, you know, I always I always joke with Jane because you know she's she's pretty uh, revered. For, for her great work. And I always joke with her that, oh, you know, your writing's fine, but it would be nothing without my music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you guys really complement each other really well. And it's great to hear that you guys work, you know, well together as well, that you enjoy working together. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, it, it's, uh, it's always been a real pleasure, you know, to, to work with, with somebody who is that inspiring. And, the, and, you know, what she creates is so inspiring really makes my my job as a composer very easy because there's so much to react to uh, you know great characters great story great emotion and um, you can't ask for more yeah know, as, as, a, as a writer absolutely yeah and uh, and then the, the final question because uh, I know I'm kind of keeping you and then it's for, yeah. for you both. Uh, you mentioned that you know you might be working on something else, you know, for Jane for Jane's fiction, and but they'd also both like to get back into into games if if possible. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any ideas? Uh, I I know you probably won't be able to talk very much right now, but do you have any at least? Is there a glimmer of hope for fans of of you guys of your adventure games that maybe in the future you might come back to adventure games or? 
Well, you know, I can't say anything specifically, but, you know, I, I can say I, um, I feel really fortunate that I actually, you know, I have, have been able to hear the, the, uh, the plots for if there were a Grey Matter 2 or if there <laughs> were a, a Gabriel 4. So I know, I know those stories already exist oh. and uh, mm. are just sort of waiting for a home, you know. Um, which is cool. And, and it's one of the advantages of being married to the author, I guess. <laughs> you can hear before anybody else. And yeah. and if if games weren't possible, would it be all because Jane also um, writes books, uh, writes fiction? Uh, would it be possible she might write those plots as books as she did with the two Gabriel Knight games? Um, you know, it's possible. You know, as you know, she has an, another uh, authoring sort of entity with Eli Easton. Where, I heard, you know, yes. East She's written, gee, probably 60 books uh, as wow. Eli. Um, and so she's always writing. I mean, her output is just amazing. You know, she, she writes every day of her life. Um, and so, yeah, you know, you never know. And, and you know, as, as you're showing, I mean, there's so many great outlets now, uh, you know, stories, books, podcasts, Podcast films, option, yeah. TV, you know, all kinds of great stuff. So we're kind of you know, open to, to a lot of that. Yeah, well, we shall see what uh, happens. So the main thing for now is the Kickstarter. So if people would like to help you and help, help Shane, uh, play, well, check out, first of all, the Kickstarter and then pledge uh, if you so wish, but it would really help you for, uh, now and in the future. Uh, yeah, thank you. So I would definitely recommend it. As you know, as a fan of your music, uh, you know I have backed it as well, and so I would recommend people to back it. Um, uh, first of all, you mentioned some links as well. I will include links in the show notes for Great, people. Great, thank you. Uh, no worries at all. But uh, what what links? What are the main links as well? Just to remind people. So uh, Kickstarter. It's the name of the the campaign is Sequel. Uh, Robert Holmes music, and also uh, my website, which is robertholmesmusic.com. Uh, the last album uh, that I mentioned that we did is called A Simple Refrain, and uh, asimplerefrain.com, you can find out about that album, um, which is all Gabriel Knight music and Grey Matter music. Uh, so, yeah, you know, the Kickstarter runs till the end of the year, and we would love for people to participate, be a part of it. Cool. And we sure sure appreciate you giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Oh, no worries. Thank you for agreeing to speak to me. As I said, you know, it's uh, I when I first started the podcast, I never dreamed that I'd be speaking to people like you. So thank you. Oh, <laughs> and uh, is there anything that you would like to mention before we finish up then? Anything at all? Um, just uh, just how much, you know, the, the support of the community and the, the feedback, you know, we're now 28 years. Actually, last week was the 28th anniversary of Gabriel Knight. Yes. Um, and it's just amazing to Jane and I that people, you know, still care about it, still respond and give us, you know, great feedback about it. And we so appreciate that. So I just want to thank everybody for sharing the love and, and uh, you know, being a part of the ride. Yeah, well, absolutely. And thank to, to, to you guys. Uh, I would love to be able to speak to 
to Jane at some point as well. As, first of all, as a fanboy, but secondly, to thank her for her work. But while you're here, I'd like to thank you for all your oh, work. You. Uh, you know, that uh, all the joy that you've given us fans over the years as well. Um, oh. So, and uh, I wish you the very, very best of luck. Uh, I sincerely hope you meet the stretch goals and uh, I look forward to hearing the album or what else uh, you decide to do. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, maybe as we get down the road on the island uh, or on the album, we can, uh, you know, do this again and, and Absolutely. share some of the progress. Absolutely. I would be I would be upward any time. That'd <laughs> be great. I've spoken to the Coles twice, spoken to several people twice. So, you know, I, great. I'm up yeah. to speaking to people several times. <laughs> That'd be cool. And I'll, I'll try and pull Jane in next time. Yeah, sure. I'd be delighted. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Robert. The best of luck. Thank you. And, and again, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, please, you know, everybody have a wonderful holiday and Christmas. And, uh, you know, let's be good to each other. So that was my interview with Robert Holmes. I hope you all enjoyed it. And once again, a huge, huge thank you to Robert for agreeing to speak to me. I never once believed that I would ever get a chance to speak to him um, when I started the podcast or beforehand. So again, huge thank you to Robert for agreeing to speak to me, answer my questions. And um, and I hope to be able to speak to him again soon, find out how he's doing with uh, the new album. So speaking of which, uh, if you're listening to this episode the end of November, before 2022, in fact, you can still pledge to his Kickstarter. It's Sequel by Robert Holmes on Kickstarter. The link is in the show notes and uh, you can get these very nice rewards as well. Uh, these very nice extras as well as you know his music. Um, so it has succeeded the Kickstarter already, but let's see if we can help them hit the stretch goals, uh, which would be really, really nice. And uh, who knows, as we mentioned, maybe send a message to uh, maybe Activision and other people that people are still interested in adventure games and uh, Gabriel Knight in particular, but uh, also will be helping Robert Holmes do what he loves doing. And we all benefit as well uh, by listening to his great music. So uh, that is it for this episode. Um, we will be back in a few days with the review episode that should be up hopefully in a few days time. Uh, over the Christmas holidays. I'm not sure exactly when, um, so please bear with us, but we'll put that episode up as soon as we can. We have recorded it, and we will be reviewing uh, games such as Siberia 3. We'll be talking about uh, Warp Frontier and Life is Strange True Colors, as well as some other games that we played as well. So keep an ear out for that. Um, So now before we close the episode... Uh, I will uh, play some more music from Robert Holmes with his kind permission as well. They are samples of uh, two songs from Grey Matter. Uh, It's David's team, the first one, and the second one is Sam's team, Never Going Back. And those two songs were sung by Rally Holmes, uh, who also happens to be the daughter of uh, Robert Holmes. Uh, So clearly a very talented musical family. And uh, these songs can be found... In, on a YouTube video as well, which I will include in the show notes as well. And there you can find a compilation of his music from the games that he has worked on. So uh, once again, thank you everyone for listening and hope everyone is well. Stay safe, take care of yourselves and each other and uh, we will speak uh, very soon. So take care and goodbye. 
Oh, 